Welcome to HBM Ministries. This is the voice of Dr. Mawson bringing to you the message of salvation from the Word of God. So privileged to have you on the broadcast and podcast with us today. If you'd like to contact us at any time, you can do so by our email address, which is hbmoutreach3 at gmail.com. Dot com, which is HBM Outreach, the number three, at gmail.com. Or you may write to us at HBM Ministries, P.O. Box 365-311, Hyde Park, Massachusetts, 02136. HBM Ministries, P.O. Box 365-311, Hyde Park, M.A., which is Massachusetts, 02136. Or you can telephone us at 857-244-4653. Also, please feel free to go to our website, which is www.hbmoutreachministry. Click on the Donate button. And there you can make a donation to help us carry on this ministry. We're reaching out in some parts of the Caribbean on the radio station, Abundant Life Radio. And our intention is to get into Venezuela. Of course, we would need an interpreter. So I'm asking you to help us today to carry out this ministry. Thank you. For listening to us all the time and we look at, we look forward to hear from you today i want to read a portion of scripture from the book of saint luke's gospel chapter 23 verse 32 to verse 33 there was there were also two other male factors led with him to be put to death and when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, did they crucify him. And the malefactor on one and one side and the other, one on the right side and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he parted his raiment and cast lots, and the people stood before beholding, and the rulers also with him, derided him, saying, He save others, let him save himself, if he be the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers that mocked him, coming to him, and offering him vinegar. The saying, If thou be the, the Jew, save thyself. And the superscription also was written 
over his in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. My friends, I'll, I'll stop right there. And I want to use today for a, a topic, a subject, your cross is the way to your crown. Known of many people who are trying the shortcut to get to everything they want. And we live in a time where everything is a shortcut. People don't want to wait anymore. They don't want to tarry anymore. And they don't have no patience for anything anymore. It's a quick fix world. Want it now? If I don't get it now, I'm going to throw a temper tantrum and make sure I get it. My friends, this is not the way that God plans for us. God's business is a waiting business. In some cases, you got to wait. And we look at these verses here. We see them in the passages, diverse passages, which had been before. We knew of them in Matthew, and we know of them in Mark, concerning the sufferings of Christ. Here are a few things that we have to notice that took place in this sufferings. Number one, we notice that there were two malefactors led with Christ to the place of execution. They probably for some time were sentenced to death and were designed to be executed on this day. It was this day, the day when they were going to crucify Christ, these men were designed to be executed. Now, this explains something, why they were hustling Christ and rushing the, the prosecution of Jesus Christ, because they wanted to meet this time to have Christ crucified with these male factors, these thieves, they all three were going to be crucified together. What were they trying to do? They were trying to wait, take away the dignity and the honor of Christ and make him look like a thief. My friends, they could not accept him as the king of the Jews. They could not accept him as Christ. They could not accept him as the Son of God, they have seen miracles that he has done and he, what he proclaimed himself to be, to be, who he is. They didn't want to hear that. This was new to them. They didn't want to hear him saying anything about he's a king. And so the way they were going to try to bring him down is to bundle him up with thieves to make it look like these Three folks here, on this day, they are thieves. That's exactly what the devil would try to do to you, my friends. He does not like the fact that you keep your dignity and your honor. He doesn't like the fact that you're keeping yourself. He doesn't like the fact that you're not out there with the rest of the folks, drinking and gambling and smoking and reveling. He doesn't like that. The moment you step away from the life you lived before to this life in Christ, 
The moment the blood of Jesus Christ was applied to your heart, I want you to know today that you are in for war with the enemy. You see, when you got saved, you gave up everything, every habit that you used to do. And you now told yourself that this is a different life. But the one thing that you might not have known is that you have now entered into enemy territory. And in enemy territory, every weapon of the enemy is going to be pulled at you. So you got to be sure that you have your weapon ready. You have that Bible. You have to study it. You have to be down on your knees in prayer with God. You have to be ready because what's around you is not a joke. It is a warfare that you're in. You didn't ask for it. It came to you. It would not have been if you had told yourself, I'm not going to give my life to Christ. I'm going to stay all day forever in sin. I'm just going to have a good time with it. I'm going to wheel and deal. I'm going to live any old life that I want to live. You would not have had that battle. But the moment you walk away, Satan understood that he just lost a candidate. And he sends out all of his angels towards this candidate. Because what? He wants you back. But you got to stand ready. Because when you pull away from something, you made a change. And change comes with challenge, with challenges. Some of you are facing it right now. You don't even know how and where it started. But it's in front of your face. Every minute you look around, it's there. But you're going to be able to make it through the grace of God. Don't back down. They wanted to make Jesus Felt like he's a thief also. Exactly the same thing the devil wants you to think that you are. He would say, listen, you ain't no different from them. You just stepped away from something, but you're doing the same thing like them. You're just like them. What is he trying to do? Belittle you and bring you into company with the ungodly. But you're not with the ungodly no more. You're not ungodly no more. You're a child of God. You're a peculiar person. You're a royal person. You have washed your heart in the blood of Jesus Christ. You've given him your life. And today you can stand up and declare, I am who I am by the grace of God. I don't live that life anymore. Not that, at that old address that I dwelt before. I'm at a new address. I have a new master. I have a new king. Somebody is in control of my life. And that somebody is Jesus. So they numbered him with the thieves. Just to bring him down to say that he's a thief also. Here's the second thing. He was crucified at a place called Calvary. And the Greek name for Calvary is Golgotha. What is that? A place of skull, meaning 
a place of public disgrace and shame. Isn't that what the devil wants to do to you? Every time you look around, there's something to make you hang your head in shame. Maybe it's something with the children. Maybe it's something with the spouse. Maybe it's something with some other relative that you're very close to. Or something that Satan presents to your door. See his aim? His aim is to make sure that you don't feel any different from what you were before. And anything that he can use, it's going to be there. My friends, you got to stand up. And this change in heart is not a change by feelings. Because there are some days you are not going to feel saved. You are not going to feel as if anything happened to you. But you have been changed by the blood of Jesus Christ through faith. And whether or not you feel it, you got to speak it. You have to let the devil know. Let the enemy know. I don't have to feel the change, but I know that I'm changed. And for some of you, it will take some time. Even in your change of life, you will make some blunders. You will run into some obstacles that will knock you off. But I'm here to say it to you today. You will fall down, but you will get up. You will stumble, but after a while you straighten out. A little baby, when he's born, he, he goes through stages. He didn't get up and walk the same day he was born. He rolled and he crawled, made footsteps, stumble and fall again. A few more footsteps, up and fall again. And my friends, one day, he's able to walk very strong. All that the devil wanted to do here with Jesus is to see if he could bring him to a place where again he would belittle him, saying that this is a public disgrace, Golgotha, a place public of public disgrace. But listen, my friends, unknowingly, they did not understand that Jesus was going to make this place a victorious place for him. And that's what you got to do. When Satan tried to reduce you to a place that you don't want to be and what you don't want to feel, you stand up in that you stand up in that mire, in that mess. My friends, you give God glory where you're standing. You stand testifying and proclaiming who your God is. Because in that place, you can have one of two things. You can claim victory or you can claim losses. You can cry. You can sit there and you can sing the pity me song and the poor me song. And you can fold your arms and you can say, this is what I come to. But that's not the case with Jesus. It was a place of victory for him. And not only for him, it was a place of victory for the church. Many of you are standing in that place today. A place of disgrace, a place of shame. Where somebody made you feel embarrassed and shame. Some company, some friends, some relatives. My friends, you don't need to stay there in that mire and think that your life is all over. You can stay in that mire and look up to Jesus 
and thank him for the victory over this. Even when you don't see it right away, by faith you're claiming victory. They thought that that was it. We made a public disgrace and embarrassment out of Jesus by bringing him to Calvary, to Golgotha. But it was at Calvary that you and I, sins were forgiven, iniquity pardoned. It was at Calvary Jesus bled and died for the beginning of our lives, the turning over of our lives. And so you can do the very same. Come to Calvary. Make that place, that place of disgrace, wherever you are, wherever you're standing now, make it a turning point in your life. Don't feel ashamed of anything. Some things are beyond your control. My friends, you know what it is to pray. You know what it is to stand in the word of God. And you can stand there at Golgotha. Here's the third thing they did to him. Jesus was crucified in the middle, in the midst of the thieves. What were they trying to do? Making it look like he was the masterminder, the man that is the biggest thief that they could ever find. My friends, that was not the case. They try to do all kinds of stuff to make you believe that way, but that's not so. They treated him as a transgressor, numbered him with the thief. But here was Jesus trying to show them, my friend, no matter where you put me and what you call me, what position you put me in. I am already a triumphant God. I, My Father in heaven knows exactly how to deliver and when to, to deliver. And I'm not here on my own. So it's okay. You can number me with these thieves. You can put me there. You can call me all the names you want to call me. It's not going to make a difference. My purpose my goal is to get on that cross to die for the redemption of mankind. And I'm not going to try to bow out of this. Listen to me, my friends. It's in these times when you are at these places that you ask, where is God? What is God doing? I want you to know that God permits this. He allows it to happen. Because this is a process for change. And many of you know that. It's a process for change. And if you don't go through this process, you are not going to get change. You can't just snap your finger and change comes overnight. It's not like that. My friends, Jesus knows exactly when to work on your behalf. You hang in there. The three Hebrew boys, they were not asking for deliverance out of the fire. They said whether or not we get delivered, we will still serve God. We will still not bow down to any golden image. We will still serve the Lord. You have to reach to the point today because it's coming. 
Things are changing. What used to be is not that anymore. There are times when people were very reverent, very respectful even to you and what you believe. They're not doing it anymore. Things are changing. And so you have to stand up for what you believe and don't bow for something that you don't believe. So they put him with them in the middle of the thieves, hoping that somebody would say he is the biggest one of all of them. It doesn't matter where you stand, the names they give to you, the names they call you, the knockdowns, my friends, on Christ the solid rock you stand, my friends, and don't care whatever is said about you, you know that your anchor holds in God. Here's the next thing they did to him. The soldiers that were employed in the execution, they seized his garments for their fee, and they divided up the garments among themselves. You know what Satan wants to do to you? Strip you of every single thing that you have and every single thing that is valuable to you. But most importantly, it's your soul and your relationship with God is what the devil will go after. So he's a lonely man himself. Although he has company, he's still not satisfied. He does not want you to have a relationship with God. And anything, anytime he finds that you are getting closer to your God, anytime he finds out that you're more serious today than ever before with your relationship to God, anytime he finds out that you value more than anything else your relationship to God, he will stage a serious war because he wants to break that relationship. And hear me out. If he get a chance, if you allow him to break that relationship, now you will have a relationship with him because you're not going to be neutral. If you break away from something, you're going after something else. No neutral ground. And the devil knew that. If I can get you away, from your dedication and your devotion to God, then I can slip right in that spot and I can have you talking with me. And then I'll get you back into my campaign to do the things that you did before. You let the devil know. Your mind is made up. You're not guessing this out. You're not saying, well, if things don't work out, you let him know. Whether you may, if you make your, make your bed in hell, you know that Jesus is there. You know that your father is there. You're going to stay in relationship with him. And you may lose everything that you may possess. But my friends, the one thing you don't want to lose today is your relationship with God. Satan knows how important that is. Because that is eternal security. This is not the security of a 401k or some other pension that you may have. Those things are passing moment. But you have 
and eternal security through your relationship with God laid up in heaven for you. Hear what Jesus said, Behold, I've gone to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and I will receive you unto myself that where I am, you may be also. That's what Satan wants to destroy, that he wants to be sure that you never make it to heaven where your eternal security is. So he's trying to break up your relationship and strip you of every valuable thing that you have for God. Here's the next thing. Jesus was reviled. It means that he was criticized in an angry and abusive manner and treated with all the scorn that you can imagine. When he was lifted up from the cross, it's interesting to watch the men around him and the women and the barbaric behavior of the human being. When they look at him on the cross and they jeered him, they criticize him. And then while he was being crucified, many were about their own business, doing their own thing. You can find a lot of that today. People who say, I don't care. I don't care about God. I don't care about church. I don't care. Don't tell me nothing about my life and my eternal destiny. Don't tell me anything. Let me do my own thing. My friends, you may be doing your own thing, but remember, your own thing will come to an end. You must face the master one day. You must face a judgment someday. You must stand before God and give an account for everything that you've done. All the time that you spend here on earth, you must stand before God. And so the sixth is that they challenge him and they say to him, if you are the king, save yourself. They wanted him to save himself. They're mocking him now. And Jesus knew that his father put him, put him in this position. But they wanted him to reject the father. Finish with him. Saying, listen, your God is not doing anything for you. Just like Satan would say to many of us. If you really serve God and your God was as good as you say he is, why are you in this situation? Listen, come what may. Whatever comes. Whatever I have. Whatever you have. Whatever you don't have. Whatever you get, whatever you didn't get, you make up in your mind. In spite of all my dilemmas and my letdowns and my disappointment, I will continue to serve my God. All these things are just for a little moment and they are light affliction. My friends, that's the reason you should not allow light affliction, the distresses of life, the temptations of the mind, the trials of today and the disappointments of tomorrow. The denial of opportunities. The rejection of loved ones and abandonment of families and friends to abort your purpose. Your purpose is to serve God come what may until he calls you home or until he comes to you. This challenge is real. And it's a real challenge with people of real faith. My friends, listen to me. Joseph could not get to the governor's position in Egypt without abandonment by his brothers. 
without taking up residence in a strange land, Egypt. He couldn't get there without spending time in prison to understand prison ideas and prison life. And he couldn't get there without patience to wait for a call from Pharaoh. And he couldn't get there without being forgotten. He got there. But that was his cross to the crown. And you have cross today before you get your crown. David also, he was anointed by Samuel to be king of Israel. Could not take the throne until he was chased 21 times by Saul trying to kill him. And after a while he got the throne. Hear me out. You may say, I can't do all of that. I just cannot do it, Dr. Moss. I can't do it. Yes, you can. He is what the Lord said to Paul in the midst of his pain, the most distressed hour with a thorn in his flesh, a test of trial of some kind. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 to 9 said, There was given to me a thorn in my flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. But here's what he said. For this thing I sought the Lord three times, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. My friends, your cross must be before your crown. For all of you who are there trying to figure it out, Endure the cross. You will receive the crown someday. God will fix things and put them in the right place for you. May God bless you. God, thank, thank you today for your Holy Spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen.